You're listening to the Gunslinger Podcast, a production of Flying Tom Studios. And now here's your hosts, the Apostle and Green River. Yes, folks. Hello. Welcome, everyone, once again, to the Gunslinger Podcast, your favorite in media entertainment. Uh, not really informative, but hopefully entertaining. Maybe informative. Depends on how low your standards are, <laughs> quite frankly. So. It's informational in some ways, I'm sure. Yeah. it's uh, If yeah. nothing else, we're telling you what we don't like, know. Boy, those two guys sure are idiots. Yeah. I learned something. But they sure are funny yeah, sometimes. Maybe. But Welcome, everybody. Uh, gearing up. I hope you're having a great shooting season so far. Most of the most of the sports are out and about doing what they do right now. That I, I, I watch. I try to watch everybody, uh, at least through Facebook, because I, I don't know if there's really a world out there anymore outside of Facebook. I don't watch the news, and I don't really watch anything else, so... If you don't post it, I probably won't see. I probably won't even know what happens. I've always said over the years that history, nothing is happening in history that even matters until they've made an episode of South Park about it. That's generally the benchmark. You could maybe say the same about The Simpsons. They they tend to yeah, but ride that line as well. I you know I, I'm not. I, I gave up on them in the nineties. They got old then. Uh, I, South Park is where I look for my informational truths these days. So, no wonder our show is not informative. <laughs> Let that tell you everything you need to know. I get my news and pop yeah. culture from a from a cartoon on Comedy Central. Exactly. Those Canadians. Let me tell you. Do your heads really flop around, Canadians? I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't answer that. Yeah. Maybe you should. You I know. Let's go I'm, ahead. Let's go ahead and go with I it. I don't think I want to know. Let yeah. Let, let us know if you can. Uh, anyway, back to, uh, what were we talking about? I have no idea. Man, I went off the rails yeah, on that a one. little bit. Shooting little season. Bit. Yes. Shooting anyway, season. I try to watch all the organizations on Facebook to see, see what they're doing. I've got my schedule for the year. I intend to at least make three different organizations this year is my current plan. If it holds out, uh, me and my family go to Michigan this coming, this coming season or this, I'm sorry, this coming week to shoot the, uh, the Great Lakes territory and michigan state and indiana state right. for cfda uh if you're not going to that you're missing out that's going to be a great time i i have absolutely no doubt it'd be a great time wonderful range so if you get a chance to look up the great lakes gunslingers check them out uh you'll you won't be sorry other than that uh around bluegrass land here in kentucky and rural kentucky which is raining today but we still have our our little community shoot. We're, we we only have one active fast draw club in Kentucky right now, which is a CFDA club called Bluegrass Fast Draw. Uh, if you've never been to a Bluegrass Fast Draw shoot, you are invited to them. Uh, I don't. I'm not even asking you what your organization is. Uh, if you want to come play with us, you're welcome. Come play with us. Uh, I was a president there for a couple of years. It was started by Shane, who was our first podcast guest years ago. Currently run by. Some newer shooters and uh, chops and and gunshy, yeah, and uh, wonderful people. 
if you have any questions about anything CFDA related or, or bluegrass fast draw, always feel free to contact them or contact me. I'm still a talker, so I'll tell you whatever I know. <laughs> if I don't know, I'll look it up. I assure you. On South Park. Yeah. Uh, if you need yeah. to know anything about South Park, yeah. let me know. And uh, there's no South Park fast draw edition. I, I, I think I'm going to write them a letter. That's what will get Do people it. still write letters? That's what will get it in popular culture. Am I old enough that I still say things like, I'm going to write them no, a letter? my dad says stuff like that. Yeah, I, that, I don't think That kind of brought me down. But you but, do talk about the weather every week. I do so, talk, I mean, that does put you like in the, at least the 65-year-old range. I, okay, well, okay. The truth is out, folks. I'm truly an 83-year-old man. <laughs> and if you've ever seen me in person, you probably already knew that. Yeah. So, But anyway, so... Bluegrass Fast Draw here in Ohio County, Kentucky. We are the, the home of bluegrass is in Beaverdam, Kentucky. And I've got a very special treat for you later because we're going a very different direction with this podcast episode. And we're going to talk about local government involved in, in fast draw sports. Uh, and typically when you hear government involved with firearms, uh, it doesn't usually turn out well. It's but this not time, good news. This time it does. We promise. This time it, it goes well. But... Topic of discussion today, uh, here in bluegrass country, we're pretty rural. Ohio County is it's, it's a pretty big county, not a lot of people, pretty much a lot of room to stretch out and move around. And, uh, of course, half the county is Peabody land. So for the small fee of $15, you can own 45,000 acres and hunt and fish and hike and camp and do whatever you want to on it at your leisure. Yes, you can do that here. And uh, it's it's a wonderful place. But when I started in Fast Draw years ago, I lived in, in Hartford, Kentucky. And Hartford, Kentucky is a small town, 2,000, 2,500 people, something yeah. like that. But I lived right in the middle of the city, uh, like a hospital caddy corner to my house, a, a rest home literally 100 feet from my front door kind of thing. Uh, I mean, it was it was in town. And when I started in in Fast Draw, I practiced in my garage in right. that town. Door open or closed, didn't matter. Uh, I strapped on my 45 long coat and shot my gun for years in that garage and no issue. Uh, we would have we would invite people over. We'd have matches in my in my two lanes in my garage right in the middle of town. No issue. Uh, are you able to do that where you are, folks? Uh well, this wasn't a large closed-in garage. This was a single car at best with the, the door open. It was a tiny little garage. Right. Uh, but you could hear those guns ring. That's you could, right. You could hear them down the street. Uh, nope. There wasn't any illusions. Never had a complaint, right? No complaints. Yeah. The cops never showed up. No, no. Of course, I don't know. Uh, a lot of gunfire. Typically, people don't crowd around, or well. you think they wouldn't. There was a rabbit that lived in the community. It was a tame rabbit that it was a solid black that had gotten around and this this rabbit was like the the neighborhood rabbit, which where does that happen? I don't know, I, I but it happened in Hartford, and we would open the door and go out and practice, and we'd start shooting, and this rabbit would show up. It was just it was attracted <laughs> to the gunfire. It'd show up, and we'd give it a snack that or a carrot or something. Not a smart move for a rabbit. But yeah, rabbit showed up when we yeah. started shooting. Uh, so I don't. Regardless, it 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 was never an issue in our community. Now, Fastra was already established in our community uh as, as i'd said shane had started bluegrass fast draw 2011 he can correct yeah, me on that i believe that's right that sounds right 
and and Shane's pretty he's pretty good in local government. He's he's pretty well known in the community. So he he made a pretty good go of it. Um and it, nobody was ever really nobody said anything. If they even knew what we were doing, nobody said anything. And uh of course I'd blacksmithed out of that garage uh using coal. And I did a lot of stuff out of that garage and no one ever questioned anything. Maybe enough gunfire drives the nosy people away. They might have known better. I don't know. Um, You tell me. Some of you don't live in quite the rural, conservative, gun-friendly neighborhood that we do here in Kentucky. Right. We're not just a rural community. We are a rural community in a a very red state. Very red state. I don't want to get too political here because I don't want to... I don't want to get wade into those waters. That's just going to get us in trouble. Right. But the fact of the matter is, it is a very conservative, very red state. Um, you know, we have constitutional carry in Kentucky. Yep. Uh, guns are generally not frowned upon here as in the way that they are in other other states. Well, and and I was I was actually I told this story shortly before we started recording. So we live in Kentucky. We live in Western Kentucky. And the nearest other club, CFDA club to us, is the Randolph County Rangers in Arkansas uh, at the home of Diamondback Billy. And uh, so we we pack up every now and then, go over there and shoot with them. It's about a four and a half drive, four and a half hour drive in the truck. And so we we have to drive across out of Kentucky into Missouri and then down into Arkansas. But... Right when we get to the to the to the where the Ohio River and the Mississippi River meet, we have to take two bridges, one across the Ohio and then across a little piece of land, and then another big bridge. It goes across the Mississippi and then we're in Missouri. Unfortunately, that piece of land in the middle of those two bridges is Illinois. Right. So we go from happy gun friendly state. To happy gun friendly state, but right in the middle, my butt always clenches up with the crate load of guns that I've got laying around <laughs> all over my vehicle when I have to drive that two hundred yards of Illinois to get in and out of it. Uh, long and short of what I'm telling you there, and some of you are Illinois residents, uh, not as easy to just set up and start blasting away in your in your garage in certain areas of the country. Well, again, and and not, and not to get overly political, but but Illinois. I would think, uh, as far as, I, th- I I think it's a very conservative state, with the exception of Chicago, right? And that's where the bulk of the people are. So you know they're they're electing the officials, and and that's where these laws are coming in. I would dare say Virginia is very similar. Yeah, um, I, I think you have a lot of less conservative people in Virginia uh, who commute into D.C. Right. Well, if you if you section off Richmond yeah from the from the state you you've got a very red state yeah uh, Illinois yeah, the there's part. there's a whole different world between southern Illinois and Chicago area I've Illinois. always been told that that and I've never been there but I've always been told that California is very much that way yeah it's if you get outside of the cities it's not much different than it is here the, the people aren't much different right so you know I don't know that there's ever going to be a CFDA or a or a XFDA or WFPG or a whatever plus plus a club in New York City. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to see that. I would think that would have a lot of challenges. But 
chances are, listeners, you don't live in any of those cities that we're discussing right now. Maybe some of you do. I don't know any fast draw shooters that live in the middle of New York City or Chicago or Los Angeles or you know any any area like Detroit. Right. Even though I'm going to Michigan next next month, not going to Detroit. Right. Um what are some what are some issues that you're facing or maybe what are some advantages that you have in your area that you could pass along to up and coming people that might be either looking to start into fast draw sports or expand into growing their own club? What are some recommendations that you all, the the experienced listener, might have to those people that are trying to get established in an area that may not be quite as gun-friendly as uh, good old red area Kentucky? And trust me, we're not. If we if we were closer to Louisville, we'd be in the same difficulties. Yeah, uh, we w- we would be struggling with the same issues, and meanwhile, probably getting stabbed by some homeless crackhead. Well, Lexington and Louisville are, are our biggest cities, but but they're they're nothing compared to Chicago. No, you know, no, I, no, I mean population not wise, even close so, population wise. So they don't. It, it's a bit of a different situation even then. But it's. I, Drive I well I've been in New York City and I've been to Louisville. Uh, Louisville looks like a tiny little New York City. Uh, it, it's scary. So I wasn't in New York very long. Let me add that too. But uh, it, I was there long and I flew over it. That was pretty neat. And I got to meet a lot of interesting people in and around the the airport that I was at before mm-hmm. I got the hell out of New York City. <laughs> and uh, then I went to Stanford, Connecticut, and that was rich white people. Sure. That was, as a matter of fact, they had a big sign. It's all they allowed. So I was really? just, yeah, I had to get a pass. That, that seems a little racist. Uh, well, it kind of was. Right. I thought so too, but they didn't care. I can't believe they let you in. Well, it was temporary. Oh, okay. It was temporary. Got a pass. Yeah, I was on TV. Oh, so, okay. And yeah. I think that's why I lost. <laughs> now that I think about it. All right. Anyway, uh, down the rabbit hole again we go. Tell us a little bit about your. Your areas, tell us a little bit about what you could offer maybe in wisdom-wise to up-and-coming clubs slash shooters about legally and safely establishing clubs or practice areas uh, where you live. All right, folks, a little change of direction this week from what we normally do. With us in the studio today, and I always say that, but today they're actually in the studio with us. That's right. Uh, I've got the mayor of Beaverdam, Kentucky, Paul Sanifer, with me. Hi there. How are you doing today? Doing well, sir. Paul is the mayor in uh, the city where Bluegrass Fast Draw is currently residing and uh, has been very a very gracious host to us over the last few years. And quite frankly, we couldn't do it without him at this point. Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you when you're not the, the greatest mayor in Kentucky here? <laughs> Some people would argue that, but well, we'll go with that. Uh, I'm... Beaverdam, Kentucky, born and raised. I, on my other job, the one that feeds the kids and gets them through school and everything, I am general manager of a Japanese automotive facility called Rotatsu Manufacturing here in town. And aside from that, I have been mayor of Beaverdam since 2011. I'm in terms, just starting term number four. Very good, very good. So I'll I'll make a uh, I'll make an admission to you here. So you 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 came on the scene as mayor. I didn't I didn't know who you were. Didn't have a clue who you were. <laughs> And uh, which is fair because you didn't know who I was either. But you came on and 
a restaurant tax began in Beaver yes. Dam. 2013, we sure did. And uh, being the conservative, damn near libertarian that I am, my, instantly my mind went to, yeah. Cheapskate. Here we go. <laughs> I think the word cheapskate. Yeah, well, however you want to put it. That's the nice yeah, way to put however it. However you want to ah, put yeah. it. Here we go. And then the darndest thing happened in that the purpose the tax was created for started happening in the community. Right. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and I'd never seen that Novel before. idea, right? Yeah. I'd never seen that. I had no frame of reference for that. And the city around us kind of blew up uh, in a good way. Not yeah. the usual way, but, right. a, but a good way. So that scene, you you started out with a good idea. So tell us a little bit about our county in this, in this, in this city that you're helping to run with apparently some, at least some good ideas. Uh, tell we, us, tell us about it. Well, uh, we're located in western Kentucky. Uh, we're about 20, 25 minutes from Owensboro, Kentucky, 30 minutes from Bowling Green, hour and a half from Nashville, Tennessee, hour and a half from Louisville, hour from Evansville. So we're really strategically located as far as to be a small town but still have a lot of uh, amenities, the big city amenities that people want close by. Yeah. Uh, Ohio County uh, is the county we're in. It's geographically the fifth largest county in the state of Kentucky. Population is about 24,000, so it's a little sparse in some areas. Uh, Beaver Dam is the largest city in Ohio County. We're one of six incorporated cities in the county. And you mentioned earlier about the restaurant tax. That's something the state of Kentucky did a number of years ago. Uh, cities of what used to be a fourth and fifth class, which is, I think, from population 3,000 to about maybe ten or 12,000, were allowed to put on this restaurant tax. And the revenue from that could only be used for tourism-related activities and events and anything development-wise for tourism. And, uh, of course, we're sitting here. Our claim to fame in the county is bluegrass music. Bill Monroe, the found father of bluegrass music and the founder and creator of bluegrass music, was born in Ohio County about eight miles from Beaver Dam. Mm -hmm. uh, his home place has been restored. They've got the Bill Monroe Museum. They've got He's buried in Rosine in the, here in the county. So... We had some uh, tourism going on already, and we just kind of felt, okay, with our, uh, again, proximity to especially Nashville, uh, we needed to do something to boost that tourism a little bit. We're on the intersection of two interstate highways here in western Kentucky. You can't go from the lakes in western Kentucky and the Paducah area to Louisville or Lexington without coming through Beaverdam pretty much. So right. We felt like we needed to utilize that location that has not been utilized very well in the past. So we... Stepped out and put on that restaurant tax, and uh, I'm happy to say it's worked out really well. We've done a lot of stuff here. Uh, our big thing, of course, we've built our amphitheater here in the city. Uh, last summer, we were able to uh, host Hank Williams Jr. for a concert right here in Beaver. A Daniel. lot of really big concerts and things yeah. in the community. Uh, usually, you get the uh, usually you get the, the like the the people in their prime that were like the C rank rock stars show up at your county fair. And meanwhile, we've had some legends roll through here. That's what we're shooting for. And like I say, with that one show alone, our population in the, in the city proper is about 3,600 people. And we had about 6,500 people in the downtown on the yeah. hillside in that amphitheater that night. And we've got a, we've had a lot of everything from Oak Ridge Boys to Casting Crowns. We'll be here next week, a uh, uh, Christian band. Uh, we had the Beach, Beach Boys, Boys like two years ago, maybe. And they're coming yeah. back again this summer. Yeah, great. Uh, KC I mean, and the Sunshine Band is coming. And that one has surprised me. People have really gotten into that one yeah. that, that disco music stuff hey. but uh again with our proximity to nashville we can pull a lot of these entertainers in and because most or a lot of them live in the nashville area or at least spend a lot of time in the nashville area and they can do a show here on a saturday night and be home in bed by yeah. mid midnight or 1 a.m at the worst 
And that's appealing. So that's been very well. And we're proud of the fact that our amphitheater has been able to be home to your all's event you have in September. Well, we're thrilled and, to have you. And that's, I guess that's the segue to my earlier point of, you know, we go from this tax to, you know, Kentucky State has been held at this amphitheater for the past two years. I dare say the greatest outside venue for a match. Uh, show me a better one. I don't right. know. Uh, somebody, <laughs> somebody out there, show me a better one. Uh, and we last year we held the largest fast draw event on this side of the Mississippi River that has ever been held. Period. Uh, so I, yeah, thank that's, you all to that. That speaks volumes for what you all are able to do, though. We may can provide a venue, but it takes the people to pull off the event. So let's let's uh, let's move to the next part here because that kind of ties in. What do you recommend for up and coming clubs such as Bluegrass to present to local government? When asking for support, so how do how do we get these these gun tote, especially in this day and age, these gun toting cowboys to to go in and say, hey, how can we help set this up in our community? What can you do to help us? Here's what it is. Well, they're going to have to a new group, especially, is going to have to pull on the success of other groups in other areas. We were a little bit different here because you all had already been having an event at another park here in the area, so we kind of knew what you could do and what you needed. Sure. So we were able to, you know, we kind of had a head start. We said, okay, this is working. This is not something that's just going to fizzle out. Not a flash in the so pan. You get some, but you get somebody new that's never done it before. You, I still encourage you to go hit your community up and, and talk to them and let them know what this can do for tourism in their community because there is not a mayor or a city council or a city commission anywhere that will, unless they're lying to you, will tell you they don't care about tourism because it is the number one thing going right now, for, especially for small communities. Uh, people have changed their way of traveling, and especially since COVID. Uh, they don't do the Disney's like they used to. They don't do the beaches like they sure. used to. They're looking for more of what they call an experience, something that's a little different, a little offbeat. What you all do for a lot of people is a little offbeat, but it's something they come in, it's like, this is kind of cool to watch. I've been to the last two for, for parts of it, and I was at some parts of the other ones too, and it's really interesting what they do and how they do it. I know you had my wife and I down there, I guess it was Strawberry Festival you all set up one yeah. year, and we were shooting. It was like, this is really fun. And, uh, of course, it's like it takes time, and I appreciate the time you all put into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I would go to your community. Let them know this is what can happen because it's been proven other places. So use the resources of other clubs and what they've done. Use their history to kind of help you. But go to your commission. Go to your mayor and say, hey, this is something we want to try. And is there any, What can you do to help us? Because we know if it's all done right, we can help you. Absolutely. I mean, the worst they can do is tell you no, you know? Exactly. So, and, and, and I don't believe they will if, the, if you, if you, if it's done right and presented right, because I think they will, I, th I would think they would give it an opportunity. Well, yeah, I would think uh, if you promise them filled hotels, it's a, it's that a, alone is worth a lot. Exactly. And it, and it's a low, I don't mean to sound where it may sound, but it's, it's a low cost investment, uh, a low cost uh, risk. I guess, for the community. So why would you not give it a try? Because it could have big payoffs. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, we, we have to start kind of early here in Kentucky, uh, you know, in the current, in our area anyway, to kind of get the hotels because we're kind of competing with the bluegrass in, in the community. So we start advertising pretty early to, right. you know, get yourself in here if you're going to be in here in September. Uh, the, the earlier you plan, the less you have to drive when you get here. And it's, I'd say it's that way in a lot of places. I'm sure it is. And what helps here is the fact that, like we said earlier, we are 20 minutes away. 
you don't have much more than a 20-minute drive to a hotel somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you don't get one right here in town. Yeah, if you don't make it in the county, there are other good locations right. in almost every direction. And it's not a long drive. And like you say, you th- stop to think about it. If you go to an Orlando and get a hotel and then you're going to here Disney or Universal or whatever, before you know it, you're driving 30 minutes to an hour anyway. So yeah. that's not a big deal. To- no, pretty simple. Uh, we've got to get people out of this mindset that they have to stay right next door to with our event. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it takes some travel oh, it does. and it's, and that's kind of something that's well known in our, in, in fast draw culture. It, it's because of how we have to set up in certain areas. You know, most of fast draw culture is kind of used to the drive. They're kind of right. used to having to get up and drive 20 minutes to an event every morning, 30 minutes to an event every morning kind of thing. They're not five minutes away most right. of the time. And, and, it's still, I know in this area, still relatively new. So it's, it's, I know it's growing, but it's relatively new. So you don't have a lot of large concentrations of people involved in that sport right. in one place yet. And the more we grow, the the bigger and better it gets. So tell us some of your, uh, tell us some of the, your plans for the future here in the community. <laughs> here is the, before uh, before you announce your term as uh, or you're you're running for governor or something like no, that. No, tell no, us what you're going to do before you get that idiot out of our state capital there. <laughs> We're just we're just concentrating on a little old Beaver Dam. I've told them I said we've circled our wagons. We're not worried about what happens outside of here. There we're, you go. We're concentrating on our community and our residents. Uh, we want to keep doing a lot of the same things we are doing. Uh, we have been reaching out to uh, and, and a lot of tourism related. We have a new distillery being built here in our community. Sure. Uh, which is going to be big. Uh, I feel like for our community, uh, especially if they follow through with some of the things they're wanting to do, they're wanting to have the tasting rooms and the venues and everything like that and be part of the bourbon trail. So that should even up our ante a little bit on tourism in this part of the state. Of course, there's one in Owensboro, but this just, again, ties in pretty close. Right. So I want to build off of that and keep that tourism thing going because, uh, you know, we look for new industry all the time and would love to have it. They're welcome. We have over a thousand acres still in our industrial park here, and we've got all kinds of places to put new industry. But tourism is something in 2021 put over $21 million in our community. Uh, if you go to someone out on the on the street and say, okay, we got an industry coming in next year that's going to spend $21 million, they'll be all over it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we've got to work on educating our people that tourism is that big of a deal. Absolutely. And it's not just here. It's everywhere. It, it goes everywhere. There's no reason that any community couldn't have something tourism-related to bring somebody in because it's not terribly expensive to do it. It's just got to have the want to and think outside the box. And that's a whole big deal. Of it. Think outside the box. You can't right. do what we've always done. So we, we want to keep building on that, uh, keep building on our events and activities. We want this to be a community that's livable. That Absolutely. People enjoy living in. Uh, I have no problem being called a bedroom community. If someone wants to work and wants to work Bowling Green, one of the other two cities and live here and drive the 30 minutes to work, that's fine with me. Uh, but I also would love to have an industry come in here and bring their employees in with them. And in order for you to do that, you have to have a community that their management team would want to live in. Right. And that's what we're shooting for. All good points. I want a community that everybody enjoys. You know, we try to have activities for the kids, for the adults, senior citizens, and we try to do something, especially in the summertime. We start in May and go through October, and we've got something about every weekend. Right. A lot of good news. Get on the get on Facebook and follow the city of Beaverdam. You'll definitely see us announced around September. Hey, we've got some uh, shooters who are business owners. Maybe if they're looking to expand, they should be looking to Beaverdam. Absolutely. You know, if you want to be successful anyway. Give us a call. We'll be happy to set you Absolutely. up. Absolutely. <laughs> Work with you any way we can. So, 
Paul, thank you for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Thank you all for everything you all have done for our community. Because, like I say, I know you all have helped put us on the map with another group of people. Absolutely. That's what we like to see and hear. And, hey, we all... We all grow together, or we don't grow at all. Exactly right. That's the way we like to do it. Folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll do this again real soon. Mm